I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. While many think of telemedicine as an example of digital health technologies that will reshape the future landscape of medicine, a new survey from Foley and Lardner shows it is very much a part of healthcare's here and now. We spoke to Monica Shemaleski, special counsel to Foley and Lardner, about the survey's findings, how the Affordable Care Act is fueling growing use of telemedicine, and why reimbursement concerns remain the biggest barrier to wider adoption. Monica, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about telemedicine today, one of the major changes underway in the way healthcare is accessed and delivered. And the findings of recent survey Foley and Lardner did that suggest some of the challenges and concerns surrounding the growth of telemedicine. But let's start with telemedicine itself. What exactly is meant by the term? What technologies does it include? Oh, certainly. Well, telemedicine is defined as the use of medical information exchanged from one site to another through electronic communications as a way or an effort to improve a patient's clinical health. It can include remote monitoring, uh, the storage and forwarding of technology, and real-time interaction capabilities, among various other technologies. What's interesting is telemedicine also encompasses what's called telehealth, which is actually the use of electronic information and telecommunications technologies to support long-distance critical health care, patient and professional health-related education, public health and health administration. And then also encompassed within that, to make it even a little more complicated, is e-health, which is the use of information and communication technology for health services and information. And that can include patient portals, remote monitoring of vital signs, uh, continuing medical education, uh, consumer-focused wireless applications, and even uh, nursing call centers. You're going to see a lot of use of technologies on computers, smartphones, apps, and patient monitors. So do people generally think of it as broadly as that? Is is there some problem with... Okay. No, I think that most people think of telemedicine, that phrase, encompassing everything. The others, I would say, are are terms of art in terms that have developed over time, but I think it's a broad interpretation. Well, telephones have been around for for a long time. What's suddenly happened that telemedicine has become such an important and growing method for doctors and patients to interact I think telemedicine's growth can be in part attributed to the rapid advancement in technology that we've seen over the past 40 years. You're absolutely correct. Telephones have been along for a long time, and I think about the evolution of from the telephone to the cell phone that used to be in bags that you'd plug into your car chargers to you know, what we have today. And I think the technological, technological advancements are you know, reflective of why telemedicine has become so important. 
I think healthcare organizations have realized in recent years that telemedicine really offers significant growth opportunities to best position the hospitals for the new wave of patient demands and expectations. As patients are holding technologies in their hands and they have access to information, their demands and their expectations are increasing. And telemedicine really can help providers respond to that. I think providers have also seen the potential for telemedicine to expand services that may ultimately lead to better patient outcomes, you know, such as remote patient monitoring, you know, providing patients with medical health, medical and health information, as well as providing additional medical education for the providers themselves. You know, telemedicine really gives specialists and primary care physicians a portal to interact with one another and to allow for discussions regarding patient visits and diagnoses while they're in different locations. These benefits, along with other you know, benefits of telemedicine, can include you know, really the potential to exponentially expand a provider's geographic footprint, allow the providers you know, to use their time more efficiently, and help keep patients healthier and dramatically reduce the barriers to patient interaction and continued care management. These advancements and this you know, easy access to medicine and consultations really probably has been a driver of you know, the growth of telemedicine. Well, your firm recently conducted a survey of providers about telemedicine. It showed that telemedicine is, is very much a part of the healthcare landscape today. How widely is it being used and how important do providers see this? How far along are they in their, their efforts to implement telemedicine? Sure. It, I, we do because it is, we believe, is an expanding expanding technology. Our Foley survey found that healthcare executives are actively pursuing telemedicine and the telemedicine advancements despite certain reimbursement or regulatory challenges. The fact that this is on the executive's radar really shows the significance of uh, telemedicine. In fact, nine out of our ten, nine out of ten respondents, excuse me, indicated that their organizations have already begun developing or implementing a, a telemedicine program. Further, eighty-four percent said that offering meaningful telemedicine services will be central to the success of their organizations. Again, indicating that they see the importance that telemedicine, you know, what it represents and the benefits it can provide. The survey also showed us that healthcare organizations are already implementing telemedicine practices. This isn't something they're just thinking about doing in the future. It's something that they're already engaging in. More than half of the respondents said that they already offer remote patient monitoring services. They, they store and forward technology, and they actually already have real-time interaction capability. In addition, speaking from personal experience, I, we have numerous clients that are, those that have telemedicine services are looking to expand those, and others are looking to really you know, increase the services they provide to patients through telemedicine. Is there any sense as to what role the Affordable Care Act has played in driving the adoption of telemedicine? Yeah, I think there is. The Affordable Care Act, or the ACA as I lovingly refer to it as, focuses really on quality and motivates providers to provide high-quality patient care in an efficient manner. Fully survey suggests that the Affordable Care Act really is a driver of telemedicine advancement. In the post-ACA you know, 
paradigm, providers are going to have and do have a much greater responsibility for the sustained wellness of their patients as they move from a fee-for-service model to one that really provides reimbursement based on positive patient outcomes and quality. As the Affordable Care Act increases pressures for on providers to keep patients healthy, about 50% of the respondents of the survey said that improving quality of care, partly based on the ACA, was their primary motivator for adopting telemedicine and, and or expanding the telemedicine services that they provide. You know, I, I think of the, the earlier days of telemedicine as being about reaching patients who may have been in remote areas, difficult to, to gain access to, to certain specialties. But as, as you've talked, you know, this has certainly become a much bigger, broader use of technology, and it, and it seems to be changing. How, how would you say telemedicine is envisioned today within the broader healthcare delivery system, and how is it being used and by whom? It, that's, I think that's a great question. And, you know, it's interesting that telemedicine started, you know, really over 40 years ago with demonstrations of hospitals extending care to patients in remote areas. Uh, one of telemedicine's key benefits is that it lowers the barriers to entry for patients to, re- to receive advice and support from medical professionals. I think this is becoming even more important today because, unfortunately, as we're seeing certain, you know, rural hospitals and facilities undergoing certain closures, you know, patients in some instances are being forced to drive 30 to 40 miles to receive care. But with the advancement of telemedicine and the more widespread use, it makes it easier for the rural uh, homebound and really elderly to receive medical care and counsel without having to make that trip to the doctor's office. Today, we're seeing both rural and metropolitan hospitals using telemedicine, and we believe that they're going to see its benefits. For rural hospitals, they, you know, the benefits can include the fact that they can add remote specialty practices, and they won't have to transfer patients, whereas urban and teaching hospitals can better utilize subspecialists really to get more out of their practices, you know, looking at a 100% utilization rate. In, in addition, telemedicine also offers conveniences and opportunities for improved patient care for all types of patients, whether they live in a rural or an urban setting. Patients can receive counsel from national experts and specialists from across the country through remote consultations as opposed to having, you know, really opposed to having being limited to the people who are right in their immediate area. Finally, I think that also allows it, being telemedicine, also allows patients to be more actively involved in their care and improve communications with the medical professionals. It allows patients to actively seek this out and not have to take the time to, you know, make a scheduled trip to a hospital or to a physician's office. It gives them easier access. But well, one of the findings that I think I found most surprising was that providers generally don't see this as a way to increase revenue or profitability, although it seems to be a cost-effective way to deliver care. What benefits are providers seeing, and why is it not generally viewed as a way to improve profitability? Well, our survey found that improving quality of care was indeed the primary motivator in adopting telemedicine. That's what the respondents actually said. But as mentioned, the Affordable Care Act does increase pressures to keep patients healthy and causes providers to have to focus on quality of care. In the wake of the ACA, risk-bearing models such as capitation 
And capitation is where a provider receives a monthly fee per patient to manage the care of the patient. So risk-bearing models like capitation and bundled payment methodologies, and that's where patients pay a one-time charge for a procedure, those models, the capitation, the bundled payments, are really moving out of what were the margins and into the mainstream. They're becoming very commonplace. And in that type of environment, there are cost incentives for keeping patients healthy and telemedicine can offer a cost-effective means to help this effort. So really, the two motivations are linked, you know, driven by the Affordable Care Act and cost-effectiveness. Also, although improving quality of care ranked higher as a motivation than increasing profitability and revenue, in our survey, we still saw 44% of the respondents rank increasing profitability and revenue as their number one, two, or three top motivations for implementing telemedicine capabilities and technologies. This really demonstrates that it's still a key factor that is reimbursement and profitability with healthcare executives, although improving quality of care and keeping health, patients healthy is still indeed a primary motivation. Well, you had mentioned that reimbursement is the primary obstacle for implementation of telemedicine. What role are payers playing in slowing the adoption of telemedicine? And do you have any sense as to why they are resistant to encouraging its use? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Reimbursement has been a key obstacle to widespread telemedicine adoption. Under what was called you know, traditional fee-for-service arrangements, regulators, payers, and insurers have made it challenging for providers to get paid for medicine practice outside of what we normally consider to be traditional interactions, where a patient actually goes to a physician's office, sees a physician, receives treatment. Now, Medicare does cover telemedicine, but it refers to as actually as telehealth, but the coverage is more limited because if telehealth services were covered by Medicare in the same manner in which they cover in-person care, Medicare likely wouldn't be able to support those services budget-wise. Now, almost every state Medicaid plan does indeed cover some telehealth services, but not all of them. In our survey, in looking at the results, we found that 41% of the respondents don't get reimbursed at all for telemedicine services, and 21% receive, reported receiving lower rates for managed care companies for telemedicine versus in-person care. This demonstrates some of the hurdles that uh, receiving reimbursement has uh, you know, has caused. However, the good news for providers is that it seems that the tide actually may be turning. Currently, about 22 states plus the District of Columbia have enacted laws requiring health insurers and payers to cover telemedicine services in addition to, again, what we call the traditional in-person services. As the reimbursement and regulatory landscape is continually changing, we believe the best course of action for healthcare organizations is still to move forward with developing telemedicine programs as, as, as proven historically, the laws in reimbursement will eventually catch up with this. Well, we talked about hospital administrators and executives being gung-ho on telemedicine. How did doctors view this? Any sense? Yeah, doctors, you know, physicians always, in my experience, put their patients first. They want to make sure that their the care they provide is high-quality care. And our survey showed that physician buy-in can be an obstacle to implementing telemedicine programs. And in reflecting on their greatest concerns, 
it really seems that nearly half of the respondents indicated that insuring physicians indicated that insuring physicians view telemedicine as a credible, high quality supplement to their practice is their primary concern. So again, in some physicians' mind, it's not tested and proven, and they want to make sure that they can still provide high quality patient care. Physicians, as we've seen, can be slow to adopt new avenues of care, particularly ones that, as I mentioned, they view as untested. However, as more patients accept telemedicine as a simple and credible alternative to traditional in-person care, and as physicians become more comfortable with the technology, it's highly likely that physicians will be more open to telemedicine and will utilize it. With its ability to multiply patient points of contact at a significantly reduced cost, telemedicine does enable the physicians to keep closer tabs on their patients, whether it's through simple monitoring of blood pressures from a distance or ensuring day-to-day medication adherence. As these advantages become more widely accepted by physicians, it's likely that their use of telemedicine is going to greatly increase. What about the patient? Any sense on how they view this? Yeah, we believe that telemedicine really is going to be the next monumental shift in healthcare industry and that patients are already seeing the benefit of this technology. Telemedicine allows patients to be more actively involved in their care and broadens the access they have to medical professionals. This is already being seen as physicians have reported that patients will come to them, whether it's through electronic means or in person, with information about what they believe their diseases, different courses of treatment. They have, through telemedicine and other mobile medical apps, recorded their health information. And so they're really, we've seen them embracing this. And these technological advances that have occurred over the past past decade have made our daily lives and every patient's daily lives easier in a wide variety of ways. And telemedicine serves to bring those same conveniences to busy people everywhere. In addition, and this this is a wonderful thing, rural and homebound and elderly patients are now able to receive significantly greater access to care. Well, a moment ago, you mentioned legislation. The The report refers to a number of legislative initiatives focused on telemedicine. What issues are these bills seeking to address, and are there legislative or regulatory concerns that need to be addressed to accelerate the adoption of telemedicine? Yeah, it's interesting. There are currently 22 states, again, plus the District of Columbia, that have actually enacted laws requiring health insurers to cover telemedicine services in addition to traditional in-person services. However, while there's individual state laws, the ultimate solution for both uh, is going to be for both the, for both the legal and reimbursement framework really is going to need to come at the federal level. And right now, there needs to be you know federal action taken to address this. Fortunately, you know, as I'm saying, there is support for innovative health technology solutions across party lines. And examples of telehealth-specific regulations in bipartisan legislation are present. There are numerous ones. It, it would, you know, there's. It would take a long time to go through all of them. But one example is the Medicare Telehealth Parity Act of 2014, which was introduced uh, late this past summer. This proposes a three-phase rollout of changes to the way telemedicine services are actually reimbursed by Medicare 
and expands coverage not only for residents of rural areas, but in urban areas as well. Well, as there's a general move away from fee-for-service care to to value-based or capitated care that you referred to, it, it seems that telemedicine is going to play an increasingly important role. What do you think it's going to take to remove the barriers to seeing broader adoption of, of telemedicine? Yeah, oh, indeed. I think that addressing reimbursement and regulatory hurdles will be the key for furthering telemedicine. You know, driven by quality opportunities and patient demands, the reimbursement or regulatory landscape is already changing, and this needs to continue to happen so that telemedicine advances. Secondary obstacles to be considered may include licensure and scope of practice barriers that physicians and providers face. And there's the need for providers to better understand that there are already models to utilize telemedicine and approaches available for them to meaningfully build out their telemedicine programs and provide increased services to patients and access to services for patients via telemedicine. Monica Shimileski, Special Counsel for Foley and Lardner. Monica, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. And again, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.